Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, before we do get started, our listener support campaign continues, and you can support the show at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Our main first goal we're trying to hit is the $800 support level, at which we will upgrade our server. And then there's the $1,000 level of support, at which we'll save all advertisement uh, comments until after the show. We do have uh, individual rewards on the Patreon sponsorship. Among those, we have the uh, Master Detective level. As a master detective, you get access to the premium site, access to all the ebooks I've written, as well as uh, immediate access to new ebooks as they become available, an optional colonial radio theater audio drama from an approved list, access to all the public domain uh, radio programs that uh, I listen to during the week as well as listings of non-public domain radio, television, movies, books that I am uh, consuming. It's for the master detective who wants to know all. And that is uh, available at patreon.greatdetectives.net. You can also support the show on a one-time basis at support.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Nick Carter. The original air date, May the 30th of 1948, and it's the case of the littlest gangster. New post-war old Dutch cleanser, famous for chasing dirt, presents... Nick Carter, famous for chasing crime. Every week at this time, two great names are joined as new post-war old Dutch cleanser brings you one of the most resourceful and daring characters in all detective fiction, Nick Carter, Master Detective. But, Nick, there's no way of telling which boy did it. They were all shooting at once. That's the point, Patsy. They were all in on it. 
And legally, they're all guilty. Oh, no, Nick, not Bubs. Maybe the others, but... Patsy, I'm afraid the law won't make any distinction in his case. You mean that if one of the others fired that shot and Bubs didn't even know it, he's guilty? Yes. Technically, he's guilty of murder at the age of 12. Now, the case of the littlest gangster. Today's adventure starring Lon Clark as Nick Carter. Brought to you by new post-war old Dutch cleanser. A flashy cream-colored convertible is parked along a dark street in the poorer section of the city. With two small figures crouched in the front seat, talking in whispers. Bubs, will you quit chewing that bubble gum in my ear and hand me that piece of wire? Okay, Tim, but do you think we ought to? I will be driving this hack away in a minute. You've seen me wire past the ignition in a car before this. Yeah, but only so we could go for a ride. We never stole one before. We gotta start sometime. But supposing they can't... Okay, punk, come out of there. I wasn't doing nothing, mister. Trying to ice my car, huh? Why, I ought to... Oh, you leave him go. Turn him loose, you... Who do you think you're kicking, you little squirt? I'll grab Bubs. I'll learn you to fool with Moxie Reed. Gee... You ain't Moxie Reed. Ah, so you heard of me, huh? You let him go. Quit kicking at him, Bubs. This is Moxie Reed. He's big time stuff. Yeah. I guess you do know about me. Honest, Moxie, we'd have never touched this crate if we'd have known it was yours. Okay, okay. So don't let it happen again. You... You ain't calling the cops? (laughs) Me and the cops ain't very friendly. But you two better grow up before you try lifting another car. But, Moxie, we gotta pull something big. Yeah, how come? Well, we got a gang, see? The East Side Scorpions. And we made a club room in an old empty house on Porter Street. And the place caught on fire from a cigarette or something, and it burned. It's just an old dump. But old lady Taltman, the lady across the street, she owns the joint, see? And she says if we don't pay $200 for the damage, she's gonna have us all put in reform school. How'd she know it was your gang that started the fire? Oh, old Mr. Riley seen us coming out of the joint. He lives across the street, too, right next door to him, and he squealed on us. Who'd you say squealed? Old man Riley. He used to be a cop till he got too old. That's so? Yeah. Now all he does is sit out on his front steps every night and spy on people. So you're going to let a dame shake it out for two centuries, eh? There ain't no way to stop her, Moxie. That's why we figured on swiping a car to get the dough. If it was my gang, I'd throw a scare into her so she wouldn't dare go to the cops. What would you do, Moxie? I'd give me a rod, that's what. I'd make sure the other guys in my gang had them, too. A gun? <laughs> Scares you, huh? Nah, don't scare us. We've been wanting a heater for a long time. Ain't we, Bubs? Uh, yeah. Sure, Tim. Look, if you kids really want to know how to handle this old dame, look me up in Mike Reffer's pool room someday. After you get yourself some guns. The reason I came to see you, Mr. Carter, is that my bubs isn't really a bad boy. You know that. Of course, Mrs. Harris. No boy is naturally bad. I remember when Bubs used to belong to the downtown boys club. He was about ten years old then, and the bubblegum champion of the block. Well, that's why they started calling him Bubs, isn't it? Uh Uh-huh, he was an awfully cute youngster. He still is, Miss Thorne. But there isn't any boys club where we live now, so... Well, he's got himself mixed up with this gang. A gang? He's only about 12, isn't he? Yeah, but the others are all older. If something doesn't happen, Bubs will turn out to be just as bad as the rest of them. Oh, maybe you're exaggerating, Mrs. Harris. They surely didn't start that fire on purpose. Oh, no, but where we lived before, Bubs wouldn't have dreamed of breaking into an empty building. And already they got another place for the gang to meet deserted warehouse over by the waterfront. 
somewhere. Hmm. It's not having any place where they're allowed to meet and to play that starts a lot of boys breaking the law. Oh, it's that Tim Newton that's the worst. Bob thinks he's got to be just as tough as Tim is. And that boy's bad all the way through. How old is Tim? Oh, 15. Hmm. He can't be a confirmed criminal at that age. Well, he almost is. Now, Bob, there's another hero he keeps talking about. A gangster named Moxie Reed. Moxie Reed? That is bad. What am I going to do, Mr. Carter? If somebody don't raise $200 to pay for the damage to that house, Mr. Talbot's going to have them all arrested. I'll talk to her, Mrs. Harris. And don't you worry. We'll get Bob straightened out. Only glad you came to me before he got into any real trouble. How's that for a break, Mike? You're sewed up tight. Oh, yeah? Well, watch <laughs> me put that one ball in the corner pocket. Hey, Moxie. Hiya, Tim. Hiya, Bubs. What's on your mind? Hi, Mr. Reed. Hey, we got them guns you Easy, told Easy, kids. Can we use the back room, Mike? Yeah, sure. Go right ahead. This way, kids. You guys work fast, I'll say that. Well, we had to. Old Lady Talman only gave us a week to raise the dough. One inside. On. Moxie, you said you'd tell us what to do next. I was just kidding. Forget it. But you promised. So what? Maybe you'd louse up the deal and squawk to the cops that I told you what to do. We ain't no squealers. No. We didn't even tell the rest of the gang. They all think it's Tim's idea. We got the guns, six of them. Yeah. We busted into a shooting gallery after they closed up last night. What are they, 22 rifles? Yeah. And we only done it because you said you'd tell us what to do next. Well... If it was me... Yeah? I'd pick me up a car along about 8 o'clock tonight and drive by that old dame's house with a few of my gang. And shoot her? No, no. But I'd throw enough lead through her front window so she'd be scared to ever open her trap about me again. Sure, sure, I get it. But, Tim, what if she gets hurt? Quit beefing, will you? Nobody's going to get hurt. But maybe she will. We'll do it, Moxie. Just like you said. And we'll do it tonight. Mrs. Talman, if you give the boys enough time to earn the money to pay for the damage to your building, I'll personally guarantee that you get every cent. And if you had them sent away to reform school, you won't be able to collect anything. It is not the money only, Mr. Carter. But someone has got to do something to break up these kid gangs. They're terrible. I'm trying to do something. Think I can get a boys' club started in this neighborhood? Uh, and then believe able to... me, it will do no good, Mr. Carter. These kids is mean. They smash windows. They steal automobiles. Mrs. Tillman, please, hold oh. off a few weeks before having them arrested. It's the only way you can be sure of getting your money. Yes, Mrs. Tillman, please do that. Well, all right. But if they step out of line just one more time, I send every last one of those kids to the reform school. <laughs> I twist these wires together. We'll see if she starts. Tim, maybe if we went to old lady Tillman and... Shut up. I'm going to try it now. She works. Where are we going to pick up the other guys? At the warehouse. Are there guns there, too? Yeah, and enough bullets to give old lady Tillman the scare of her life. Good night, Mrs. Tellman. Good night, Mr. Carter. Good night, Mrs. Fu. 
everyone. Good night. Oh, how are you tonight, Mr. Riley? Oh, fine, fine, thanks. Just getting the breath of air like always. Well, I think we've put in a good day's work, Nick. Yeah, I do, too, but I still want to talk to Bubs. It's almost 8 o'clock. He ought to be home by now. All right, let's go by there and see. Nick, look at that car racing up the street. Isn't that Bubs leaning out the front window? Yeah, that's Bubs, all right. Hey, he's got a rifle. Look out. Yeah. Good grief. Come on, Patsy. Oh, they were shooting at Mrs. Tellman's house. Mrs. Tellman. Mrs. Tellman. It's Nick Carter. Are you all right? Mrs. Tellman. They tried to kill me. Look at my windows. Look at the holes in my front door. I'm thankful that none of the bullets hit you. I was afraid that maybe... Yes, what's the matter? If she's all right, you better come down here quick. Why? There's a man on the steps next door. He must have been hit by a stray bullet. I, I think he's dead. Only a few steps beyond the bullet-riddled front door of Mrs. Tellman's home lies the body of the man who had informed on the juvenile gang, ex-police officer Riley. We'll see what happens in just a minute. Now, back to the case of the littlest gangster. Today's adventure with Nick Carter, brought to you by new post-war old Dutch cleanser. Nick is examining the body of James Riley, lying dead on the steps of his home, following a hail of bullets intended to frighten his neighbor, Mrs. Tellman. All right, keep back, everybody, please. The police will be here in a minute. Poor Mr. Riley, such a nice man. Those murderous, those hoodlums. Did you see that, Mr. Carter? Do you know who it was? No, I'm afraid it was the boys who set fire to your building, Mrs. Tellman. Oh. We recognized one of them just before the shooting. Those little devils. I said they were no good. They should get the electric chair. Oh, but Mrs. Tellman. Murderous. But they could not kill me. They should pour me to right. Well, I don't believe they did that on purpose. I know they did. They was mad at him than they was at me. He's the one told me they started the fire. Is that so? I didn't know that. Oh, it must have been an accident. They were shooting at the front of your house and one bullet went astray. No, Patsy, I don't think it was accidental. Oh, but The Nick... bullet that killed him struck the center of his forehead and came out just behind the right ear. Riley was sitting at the top of this flight of stairs. Well, what difference does that make? The difference between an accident and murder. Oh, but even if you're right, how can you ever find out which of the boys did it? They were all shooting at once. That's just the trouble, Patsy. When one of a group commits murder while they're all engaged in a crime, they're all equally guilty. Oh, no, Nick. You don't mean Bob's. Not that baby. Oh, thank goodness the cops are caught. Come on, Patsy. Help me look for that bullet. The only chance we have to prove exactly who killed Mr. Riley. Right in the corner pocket, like I said. Okay, okay. So now I owe you four bucks. Oh, Marcy, you gotta help me out, Marcy. The cops seen us and they... Shut up, you kids. Come on in the back room. Now, what do you mean a cop seen you? When we was ditching the car, we let the other guys out first. And then just as we was What'd about... you do with the guns? Uh, they guess the cops got them. We left them in the car. Why, you idiots. Tim says we're going to run away or they'll get us sure. Yeah, but we doesn't make a break for a few days. If you're hot, what are you coming to me for? I got no place to put you. We already got a place. We can hide out in our club room at the old warehouse. You'll take us there in your car, won't you, Moxie? If we go out on the street, they'll get us sure. And you're going to run away in a few days, huh? Yeah. Well, maybe that ain't a bad idea. Will you take us to the warehouse, Moxie? Will you? Okay, kids. I'll do it. Gee, you're a real pal, Moxie. You're swell. 
ballistics is making the test now, Nick. Oh, what test is that, Sergeant? They're checking the kid's rifles against the bullet that killed Riley to see which one fired that particular shot. Well, how will that help? Well, you see, Pastor, every one of the rifles is covered with fingerprints. Uh-huh. And when we know which gun killed Riley, we'll know which kid did it. No sign of Tim and Bubs yet, huh? No, Nick, but hmm. we rounded up the other four that was in the car, and we'll have them too before long. I still say it was an accident, a stray bullet. Look, Patsy, it don't make no difference. They were committing a crime when it happened, so that makes it murder. Manny, I don't go along with that stray bullet theory. Well, you're probably right, Nick. And if Riley was killed deliberately, I'll bet Tim Newton was the one that did it. Well, why Tim, Sergeant? I've been told he was plenty sore at Riley for telling the old lady the boys started that fire in the building of hers across the street. Well, I'm not surprised at that. Another reason I think Tim did it is because the other boys all said that shooting up Mrs. Kelman's home was his idea. I wonder if it was, Manny. I... You think the... You think the kids are lying? No. But Bubs' mother said he and Tim had been hanging around Moxie Reed lately. Hey, maybe you got something there, Nick. Moxie's just the kind of a guy to put ideas like that in the kid's mind. Say, who is this Moxie Reed anyway? Uh, well, Patsy, a few years ago, he wasn't much different from Tim Newton. Hmm? But he's developed into a first-class rat, a cheap gangster. Now, wait a minute. I wouldn't say cheap, Nick. He's getting plenty of dough from somewhere, or he wouldn't be able to run around in that big cream-colored convertible he's got. And you can't get anything on him, huh? No, no, not lately. You know, about seven years ago, we tagged him for a stick-up. Over on the... Hey, that's funny. Hmm? Well, talk about coincidences. Well, what's funny, Sergeant? The guy that hung that rap on Moxie was Riley, the man who was killed. What? Yeah, he used to be a cop before he retired. You say Riley was the one who arrested Moxie Reed? Sure, it was his testimony that sent Moxie up. That's what I've been looking for, Mary. Somebody who had reason to hate Riley. Somebody beside the kids. Hey, that's an idea, Nick. Moxie might have got the kids to shoot up Mrs. Tellman's home and got one of them to bump off Riley by telling him it would look like an accident and nobody could ever prove which one did it. Yeah, it could have been that way, Mary, but... Yeah, I think it... Oh, oh, wait a minute. Homicide, Sergeant Matheson speaking. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, what did you find out? Is it the report from ballistics? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Malloy. It... It wasn't. But... But it had to be. Oh, you... You sure you didn't make no mistake? I know, but... Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. What's the matter, Matty? You know what, Nick? None of them six guns we found in the kid's car killed Riley. Good. But what do you mean, good? It only proves that one of those kids knew he was going to kill Riley. That's why he took the gun away and hid it so he couldn't identify it. You may change your mind after we talk to Tim and Bubs. What? Well, we ought to pick him up before long. Do you want me to give you a ring when we find him? No, no, I don't want to sit around and wait. I'm going out to look for him myself. Okay. In the meantime, I suggest you have some of your boys bring in Moxie Reed. <laughs> Club room's right at the top of these stairs, Moxie. You sure nobody will come looking around in here? Why, this old warehouse ain't been used for years. They condemned it or something. Where's the room you kids are going to hide out in? It's this door. We got a padlock on it, so as if anybody ever did come in here, they wouldn't swipe any of our stuff. You got the key, Tim? Sure, I got it right here. Moxie, you've been a great guy, and we ain't ever going to forget it. Yeah, 
It was just like you belonged to our gang. Sure. Even coming down there to help us out. Down where? To old lady gentleman's house. What are you talking about? And you wasn't even going to tell us. We wouldn't have known what a swell pal you are if Bob's hadn't looked up and seen you. It was swell seeing you standing in that window across the street pumping lead into the old lady's front door just like we was. Well, you saw me there, did you? Yeah. Oh, we didn't tell the other guys. That's but... good. I'll get in that room. Come on, Bob's. Tim, I... I think I changed my mind. Huh? If I was to run away... Well, it'd just about kill my mom. I'd rather go to the reform school. Are you nuts? Get inside there. I can't. I'm going back home. You're going in that room now. Hey, what's the idea of hitting I'm... a little kid like that? That goes for you too, stupid. Get in there. Oh! Don't lock the door, please. You better out of here. Open this door. So long, punks. Been nice knowing you. Nick, we've been driving along the waterfront for almost an hour. Isn't it time to give up and go home? Yeah, I guess so, Patsy. Bob's mother sent the boys at a club room in some deserted warehouse in this district. Seemed a logical place for them to hide out. Yeah, but it's so dark down here now, you can't even tell which ones are deserted. I was hoping we'd find them on the street. This is where they came, though. It looks as though they got here first. We can come back again in the morning. All right. Hey, Patsy. Hmm? Look at that car up ahead. Why, it's a big cream-colored convertible. Like the one Sergeant Matheson said Moxie Reed owned. If I'm not mistaken, that's Moxie getting ready to drive off. Are you sure? No, but I'm going to cut in ahead of him and find out. Stay right where you are, Moxie. Thought I recognized you. What do you want to do? Give me a medal? No, just want to have a little talk with you. If you don't mind. What do you like us in here for, Tim? I want to go home. Ah, quit blubbering, will you? Go on, chew your bubble gum. I lost it someplace. Okay, so quit crying anyway. I ain't going to let nothing happen to you. There'll be plenty of people working around this neighborhood in the morning. If we yell loud enough, somebody will come and let us out. I want to get out now. Well, you can't. We could yell our lungs out and nobody'd hear us, so shut up. Tim. Tim, Tim, do you smell something? Huh? Hey, I think I do. It smells like smoke. He did smoke. Yeah, and it's stronger over here by the door. Holy cow, the building must be on fire. What are we going to do? we got to get out. We can't. The door's locked. Help! Let us Help. out. Somebody. Fire. Get us out of here. We'll be burned out. Help! Hoping against hope that someone will hear them, the two boys pound helplessly against the heavy locked door. We'll see what happens in just a minute. Now for the conclusion of the case of the littlest gangster. Today's adventure with Nick Carter, brought to you by new post-war old Dutch cleanser. Unaware that Tim and Bubs are locked in a burning warehouse in the deserted waterfront district, Patsy listens as Nick questions Moxie Reed. I want to know where those two kids are, Reed. I don't know what kids you're talking about. Oh, yes, you do. Tim Newton and Bubs Harris. I ain't seen them in two or three days. Hey, just a minute, Moxie. You chew gum? No, and I don't go for all day suckers either. Well, there's a wad of chewing gum stuck to your trousers leg. And from the color, I'd say it was bubble gum. Does that mean something, Nick? 
Bubs Harris got his nickname because he's always chewing bubble gum. I'll bet this was some of his. See, it hasn't even begun to dry out yet. Oh, lots of kids chew bubble gum. I might have picked it up any place. And when we find you up here, the neighborhood where we expected to find Bubs and Tim, I think that gum means a whole lot. Nick, look. Across the street, those windows. That warehouse is on fire, Patsy. Yeah. You better turn on the alarm. There's a box right in front of the warehouse. Right, Nick. I'll get it. Look, Carter, I got a date. I've got to... What's your hurry? I'm getting out of here. I mean, I gotta go up and I... You wouldn't know anything about that fire, would you? No. Watch yourself. I'm gonna start it. You're not going anywhere, Moxley. You're staying here till I find out what's making you so jittery all of a sudden. Why, you, I'll... Oh, you wanna play, do you? Well, how do you like that? Huh. Oh, cool. Must have swung harder than I thought. Nick! Oh, Nick! Yes, what is it, Patsy? Just as I turned the alarm, Nick, I thought I heard someone in the building. Listen. I bet that's the boy. Oh, you've got to save them, Nick. Here, take my handcuffs. Yeah. Fasten Moxie to the steering wheel of the car. Uh-huh. I'm going after those boys before they burn to death. <coughs> hey, Tim! Tim! <coughs> Bubs! Where are you? In here, this door. It's locked. Can you open it? No, it's a padlock. All right, stand out of the way. I'm going to try to break it down. I think it gave a little. Try it again. All right. I was afraid nobody coming. Never mind, never mind. Where's Bubs? Over there on the floor. He passed out from the smoke. Okay, I'll carry him. Come on. Nick, look. The flames are coming up the stairs. We can't get out that way. Is there another way out of here, Tim? There's some windows at the back. Maybe we can jump. Quick, show me the way. I'll follow with Bubs. There's no time to lose. How's your ankle, Nick? Oh, you can stop worrying, Patsy. It's all right. Well, I guess you were lucky at that to get off with only a sprained ankle after jumping out of a second-story window. But it wasn't for that pile of trash I landed on. It might have been worse. Yeah. And if Bubs hadn't come to before we jumped, it would have been very much worse. Mm, I'm glad neither of the kids was hurt. You know yet what's going to happen to them? Well, I think I'll be able to get them a suspended sentence. Depending on their future good behavior, of course. Well, now that the boys' club is a certainty, their behavior shouldn't be any problem. Well, I think they've learned their lesson. There's sense they'll never admire gangsters again, after the way Moxie treated them. Uh-huh. You know, you never did tell me how you figured out that Moxie killed Mr. Riley. I didn't know it was Moxie. But I was pretty sure Riley hadn't been shot by one of the boys in that car. Why? Because anyone shooting from a car wouldn't have had the gun more than five feet above street level. Mm-hmm. And Riley was sitting on the top step, his head at least eight feet above street level. Well? And the bullet went into the center of his forehead and came out behind his right ear, traveling a downward course. I see. If it had been fired from the car, the bullet would have traveled upward. Right. That's why I thought the bullet might have come from the second or third story of that empty building across the street. It did, too. That's where Bub saw Moxie. Yes, but the boys thought he was helping them frighten Mrs. Tillman. They didn't even know Riley had been shot until I told them. So that's why Moxie tried to kill the boys by setting that warehouse on fire, because he knew they'd seen him. Yeah. See, Moxie had hated Riley ever since Riley sent him up to the penitentiary for that stick-up seven years ago. Yeah. And when the boys told him of their trouble with a woman who lived next door, and also that Riley sat down on the front steps of his house every night, well, it looked like a perfect setup for murder. Well, I still don't see how you could ever have proved it, though, if Moxie hadn't confessed. Well, we were lucky to get the proof first, and he confessed later. <laughs> wasn't hard once we knew what to look for. We found the dealer from whom Moxie bought a twenty-two rifle exactly like the one he knew the boys were going to use. 
And later, we found the gun itself. So it wasn't such a perfect setup after all. Well, not for murder, but as far as Moxie was concerned, it turned out to be a perfect setup for the electric chair. Master Detective is presented each week at this time by the Cudahy Packing Company. It is produced and directed by Jock McGregor and is copyrighted by Street and Smith Publications Incorporated. Charlotte Manson is featured as Patsy. Ed Latimer plays Matty. Today's script was written by Jim Parsons. Original music is played by Henry Silverne. This program is fictional and any resemblance to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This is Michael Fitzmaurice saying, when minutes count, use new post-war old Dutch cleanser. This is the network for the Indianapolis Speedway race tomorrow, the Mutual Broadcasting System. This is Andrew Rines with otrwesterns.com, where we stream live old-time radio westerns 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, with a special twist. You select the tracks that get to be played. We've got a thousand different episodes from shows like Gunsmoke, Tales of the Texas Rangers, Escape, Gene Autry, and many more. Come check us out at otrwesterns.com slash live. Again, that's otrwesterns.com slash live. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio with Adam Graham, and now let's get back into the show. Welcome back. Well, once again, we uh, hear uh, Nick Carter's focus on uh, juvenile delinquency. And this is a case where um, mystery does definitely take a back seat to the message, but it certainly was an important issue then as. Uh, it still remains today. And of course, we can see some of the things that were shocking in 1948 that are probably sadly less shocking uh, today because of uh, various uh, news events. Well, now we do turn to listener comments and feedback. And uh, we do have a new review out on iTunes, Winemaker1856 writes, I really appreciate Adam's commentary on the programs he features each day. Backgrounds make the show more relevant and gives you a hint of what it was like 60 or 7 years ago when these shows first aired. One of the best things is that Adam has cleaned up all the static and background noises uh, that are so prevalent on other OTR podcasts. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you so much for your kind comments. Uh, we, well, give credit where credit is due. A lot of the cleanup is Andrew Rhines. Thankfully, we're blessed at this point in the series. We're not dealing with a lot of programs that are in really bad shape. But there are some weeks where uh, I run into an episode where it's really hard for me to tell what's going on. Um, and as I'm getting uh, everything uploaded, I'm thinking, Andrew's going to have to do a job on this to get it uh, working uh, correctly. Andrew, of course, does have his own podcast over at otrwesterns.com. If you like uh, old-time radio westerns, I uh, definitely encourage you to check that out. 
All right, well, uh, now we do have another announcement, our last new show announcement that we'll have during the listener support campaign, because Friday and Saturday are going to remain fixed for the foreseeable future. We have um, about five months of Nick Carter left, and after that, coming to Thursdays, after a two-week mystery special, will be Boston Blackie. And I have so enjoyed those episodes of Boston Blackie that I've listened to, and I'm going to be very excited to bring that uh, series to you. It's just incredible fun. And so coming up in five months, Boston Blackie. Well, that will do it uh, for today. Remember, you can support the show with a one-time donation, support.greatdetectives.net. Among the available thank you gifts we do have, with a donation of set. or more, we'll send you the Hillary Kane Mysteries, Set 1. These are very fun, 1930s-style British mysteries produced by the great Jim French Productions. And then at the $100 level, for our U.S. and Canadian listeners, we'll gladly send you the Nick Carter Triple Feature uh, uh, Collection starring Walter Pidgeon. A full list of available thank you gifts is at support.greatdetectives.net. You can also mail in a donation, Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And uh, become a monthly supporter at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, that will do it for today. Join us tomorrow for uh, yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And next Thursday, another episode of Nick Carter. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.